Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This podcast was recorded in Brisbane, Australia, the land of the Turrbal, Yagara, and Yagurable people. And we acknowledge all elders past, present, and emerging. G'day, 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 and welcome back to the Story Chunder Podcast, the podcast where people in Brisbane tell unbelievable true stories from their lives for your delight and approval. We are a live event at Backdock Arts in Brisbane, and we also are a podcast. Now, today's podcast, I've gone back into the archives, this is your host, Matt Young, by the way, um, because we have not been having live events as frequently as possible. Uh, we're still doing the COVID recovery sort of plan. Uh, so some things are staying online. We have some limited ability to go back into our theater. Uh, and we will be back in our theater next week. But for this week, we're just going to go into our archives and pick out a bunch of showbiz stories because I'm a musical theater nerd and I love the showbiz. So, the first person we're going to hear from is Chloe Teal, and Chloe and I did Annie the Musical here in Brisbane in 2012, and she was studying, well, is studying virtually now, um, with Lane um, School of Drama in London, and it's a pretty awesome program, and she wants to tell you a bit about it. So here's Chloe. As a young girl, uh, well, black late teenager i know what you're all thinking you're probably going oh no here she comes with some horrible breakup story or some relationship that's turned bad but i'm just gonna be blunt and i'm gonna say that's not where the story is going <laughs> at all so and i had like the most exciting moment of my life in june 2019 i found out that i was accepted onto one of the most amazing like london colleges one of the top five and um, I was accepted onto their three-year course, and I was so excited. Couldn't wait to start. So I, in like less than two months, which isn't that long of like the time, I had to pack my life into a suitcase and move halfway across the world and leave my actual family in hopes to create like a new second family as a laney, which was quite exciting. Yeah, so my studies commenced in September, and things are going like really great for me. I gained like new friendships. I networked with some amazing industry professionals and Life at Lane was like everything I hoped it could be. Like I was working really hard. I was just living the dream, yeah. And we had just finished our like major college assessments. And then we heard the awful news that the major virus had hit China hard. And I was like, oh, that's devastating. But like being a teenager, I never stopped to think about how this would affect me. So I was like, oh, okay, I'll keep going on as normal. And things were fine. Then after like a few weeks, it was like, okay, no, this is not fine. We're going to get affected by this. And then all of a sudden, like colleges were closing. And then, I don't know, we ended up starting to like make this weird college bingo thing. So we were like marking off 
each college that independently like closed their doors and like it just became like this massive thing <laughs> and yeah it was, everyone was getting devastated like local students international students it was quite crazy and but I was still positive which is weird because Lane still kept soldiering on we were yeah but behind the scenes my parents were like they were beginning to discuss how like this would affect my relationship with my love of musical theater and my life in London. But I mean, we still tried to keep going. And then after being proud to say the last college standing, we had to yell bingo and Elaine unfortunately had to close their doors for the foreseeable future, like in an un unknown amount of time. And this really affected my relationship with my love of musical theater because my Lane family were having to like spread their wings and travel back home. And I was like really devastated and torn between like staying with my relationship with musical, with musical theatre and being with my friends or going back home to be with my relationship with my family and stuff. So after a long, hard think, I think I made the right decision and I was like, I need to get back to Brisbane while I still can. So my dad managed to wake me up, which is a funny story at 1.30 in the morning by using Find My iPhone. I don't know, he's a technical wizard. And he was like, all right, Chloe, um, you have to get to the airport at 8 a.m. today. And I was like, Dad, I don't know if you've met me, but it takes me a long time to pack. <laughs> so I was like, all right, no sleep for me. I'm going to rush everything, put everything in my suitcase. And I was literally like bouncing off the walls at 1.30 in the morning. And I was like, this is not normal. Like, what am I doing? I like packed, I managed to pack my life into a suitcase. And I had like the stress of like getting to the airport in time. I got there, I got on a plane, and it was going to Brisbane, and I was like, oh, good, life is sweet. And then, as I, like, got off the plane after my, like, 16-hour flight, it, they have just announced that UK had gone into, like, complete lockdown. And I was like, huh, right decision. And so I, like, got home, and we're all good, but I, like, sit here on day six of my 14-day um, isolation, and I go, yeah, like, while I... Well, it's good that I came home, although I can't see my family, my family, you know, for the next eight days. It was good that I can like return to my like relationship with my musical theatre and my friends as soon as all of this blows over. And I think I made the right decision there. So yeah, that's my story about my relationship with my family and musical theatre that didn't involve a breakup. Thank you, Chloe. Wow, listening to that story. <laughs> I guess we're going chronologically today. Um, that was actually recorded on the 6th of April. Um, so that was at the beginning of all this COVID-19 um, lockdown and all that sort of stuff. Queensland's borders, by the way, where we are, are still closed um, to other states. Um, so we're still in, you know, relatively... Uh, strict, well, that's not really true. They're not that strict, but you know, we're still in um, a situation where we're trying to handle um, community spread here in Brisbane. All right, going on to our next storyteller, we have Jen Tree. Now, Jen's someone who I met because uh, she's a visual artist and I saw her awesome pop art cubist sort of stuff at Backdock Arts, uh, which is where we do our event. And then it turns out that we both were going to the same sing-along, show tune sing-along uh, nights <laughs> over the course of 2019. So she was a familiar face. And Jen's going to tell you a story about um, when she was in high school and she went to a big performing arts competition. Did our story tender get canceled because of the COVID-19 or was it just a double uh, booking? No, it was a double booking. Um, oh, right. And then 
life sort of runs away like a little runaway train and then yeah. you reached out again and was like oh hey come back and i was like absolutely so awesome well i'm really glad you're here let me, me read too. Um, your biography before you get yeah, to your sure. <laughs> okay so gentry is an artist and 2d animator and also many other things um I don't know if this is still true. Are you currently completing your third and final year at Griffith Film School and about to Yes, still animate? pushing through the pain. <laughs> right. And are yeah. you still teaching and entertaining the masses Bob Rice style at Brush and Barrel's Sip and Paint Studios? Yeah, that's on hold during all of this craziness, but when it all subsides, we'll be back to party. It will Fantastic. be good. Yeah. And you fill your time completing commissions and client work in both digital and traditional media as a skilled acrylic painter. Uh, last year, your portrait of Brisbane-based drag queen Selma Soul was selected as a finalist for the Portrait Prize ex Exhibition as part of the Melt Queer Arts and Culture Festival at the Powerhouse. Mm -hmm. And it was displayed there throughout the season. And it's also in my room. Oh, ah, look at that. Right. That's so cool. I don't know how to do this nicely. It's on a wall. It's fine. All right. Fantastic. I'm going to put this back down. <laughs> You were also a resident artist at Woodford Folk Festival in 2019, running mm -hmm. workshops and 2020, which did already happen. I don't even remember. Yeah, it's like that overlap. Right. Just, okay. yeah. And you ran <laughs> workshops in the Artisan Alley to hone skills with brios and markers, life drawing, and foster advanced techniques. So thank you for yeah. that. And outside of all this, Jen frequently finds the time to perform on stage or on screen in various acting or musical theater productions or just giving the open mic at Showtunes Tuesday a crack, and I've seen you do that. Yes. And your credits <laughs> in theater include Heathers, where you play Veronica Sawyer, Legally Blonde, where you were Elle Woods, Cluedo, The Interactive Game, where you were Sylvia Sterling, and Curtains, Georgia Hendricks. So well yeah. done. Yeah, did you um, Did you watch the story, the Showtunes Tuesday live thing on Facebook last week? No, I didn't get a chance, but yeah. I'm keen to get you back into it? everything. Yeah, 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 yeah. So the first Tuesday in May, go over to um, Showtune Tuesdays in isolation and um, have, a, have a bit of a look and a sing-along at home. All right, yeah. so like, what, why don't you tell us a story? What have you been well, up to? Tell us a story it about is serendipity. Serendipity. So I, I also did a Google of serendipity and was like, what does this mean? Um, and I kind of resonated with, the accidental happiness kind of aspect of it. And um, to do like a musical theater based story as well. Um, this is way back in the distant past, not really distant past, but way back in the past um, in high school, I was a huge musical theater nerd nut. And we in the school were very um, like pressured to do aesthetics and like competitions of performing. And I was very like Rachel Berry back then. I still kind of am, but not as intolerable. And um, so always every year in as many categories as you can muster. And we, it, this, I grew up on the Gold Coast as well. So this was all down the Gold Coast. Um, and you, you know, stay in this like theater for hours and hours on end because all of the categories would go back to back and you'd get changed into your next outfit. Prepare your next, next song, blah, blah, blah. Um, so I did this category called uh, Musical Theater Duets and a dear friend of mine who is in Tweed at the moment, um, so I can't say hello, is Hayden Beck. And we did the amazing duet, the song that goes like this from Spamalot. 
great time. Actually could hit the notes considering I was 16. So that's a great time. Um, and we did the full costumes. We, yeah, Je um, Hayden was in like full chainmail, and I was in like an obnoxious green frilly dress and stuff. We did really well, we came second, woo. And um, they actually came up to us after and were like, we have a like night of nights for the Estedford to show off the best performances and bits. We know you didn't win, but we thought you were the most entertaining. So do you want to come on, come along to this night and perform the piece that you did? And they, they get little snippets of all the different performances. So lots of different singers, but also musicians and dancers and like all this stuff. And it's like this big gala night at now called Hotter on the Gold Coast. Back then it was Gold Coast Arts Centre. Anyway, giant, giant theatre, considering I was like a wee little baby. Um, so it seats a thousand plus, I think, um, and huge. It has like a huge backstage for flies and it's a bit of a maze back there as well because the dressing rooms are on all different floors. It was a bit scary. Um, and they didn't do anything too hectic for tech. It was kind of like just a stumble through an hour before the performance. They went, you enter this side when we point at you, you do your piece, it will happen. You exit this side the second it's over don't dawdle, just get off stage. And we're like, oh, okay. So, you know, remember all the things, gone into full costume, ready to go. Um, and they chaperone us to the side of stage. And they had a bit of a, a thing where they didn't want anybody side stage that was a performer unless they were just about to go on. So this is to, you know, minimize noise. So like kids and teens aren't being loud and stupid in the wings or anything like that. So they sort of rush us on to like wait in the wings and then our thing starts. So we rush on. We do the song in grandeur. I'm like blinded by the lights because this is like the most high tech production I've ever been in ever. Um, and it was super, super great. This is really cool. And we had this cool moment where we looked at each other after the song was over and we're like, this is amazing. And we walk off stage, but we didn't exit through the right wing. And it's a really like, complicated set and the, they had flies and all sorts of things so we actually got trapped between two sets of curtains and couldn't properly exit right because there was like a there was a wall it was a physical wall because everything was blacked um like they did like a blackout between transitions so it was blacked so we just walked through and then we sort of walked into a wall and went oh no <laughs> And we're like two awkward, pimply teenagers who haven't ever been in a big theatre before. So we're just like, what do we do? So we just had to wait because we didn't want to just, because the other performance, the, the, the group after us was like a um, primary school mallet band. And it was all beautiful glockenspiels, but, you know, the sound of a pin drop between notes. So we couldn't, you know, kerfuffle. We couldn't, like, call out for help or anything. So it just sort of stood there. And we just watched like an hour worth of music and stuff in complete silence because we couldn't escape without making a big deal because we couldn't exit through the curtain without everyone seeing us. And we also overthought it. We were like, oh, well, we've been here for 15 minutes. If they see us walk past now, it'll be super weird. <laughs> like that sort of thing. Um, and we just had this weird like moment of, no one knows that we're here. Like, there's a huge audience just past that curtain, has no idea that this is happening. 
and we can slightly hear on the other side of the curtain like people with walkie-talkies being like where did they go what where did they go and it was just amazing because we couldn't like blow our cover we tried to like whisper through the the curtain it didn't work but we just spent like yeah like 45 minutes or an hour or something for the rest of that act to play through and then they finally like sort of helped us escape but it was just a nice serendipitous moment to just enjoy like a mess up but then get to enjoy all these other performers which we never would have seen because they wanted to chaperone everybody out of the side stage as well so it was just really weird but it was awesome and i'll remember it forever Oh, those memories of uh, our early days in the theater. I love it. Uh, I was a godspell at Gardner High School, and it changed my life. Uh, our next storyteller is Joel O'Brien. Joel and I were in the Australian premiere of the musical Yank, a World War II love story at the Brisbane Powerhouse in July of 2019. Now, this was recorded on the 1st of June, um, so we've stepped forward in time a bit. And Joel is going to tell you about the situations where sometimes as a performer, your your voice in your brain <laughs> take over and things don't always go to plan. Yeah, I heard the theme and I as soon as I saw it um, and I was like, oh, it's too easy. Um, when you were reading at the credits before, I had my, um, my, my cabaret, which was that awkward moment, which essentially is awkward slash embarrassing moments that I did or I have been involved with and how to overcome them to not much success. Um, and I was like, oh, I'll just, I'll pick something up from there. It'll be good. Like it had like someone was getting jiggy with me next to me whilst at a party on my birthday with one of them that there was like awkward coffee stories. Um, there was, I came up to my dad on that performance as well. Um, that was fun for him. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. And I was like going through the script and looking through it and I just didn't, you know how you get that sinking feeling of that embarrassing, like you're, there's knots in your, um, in your stomach. I was going through the scripts and I just couldn't really, I, it didn't have that feeling anymore. And that really was like, okay, that's a bit odd. So, and that's, I guess it's good for me because I, I was like growing a little bit older and getting more mature and, you know, learning to accept my faults and not everything's out of my, as not everything's in my control. Um, except for this one particular moment and that was actually around the show, not considering the show itself. It was in about 2017. Um, I, I booked myself, I was very sort of booked thin at the moment. I had so many um, different shows. I was doing, um, at the time, the 24-hour musical projects, which sounds, for people who don't know, it sounds exactly what it is. You do a musical in 24 hours. Um, I was helping a friend do uh, a musical uh, that they wrote. Um, I was also doing Love Train, which was the Motown and disco uh, uh, variety concert as well. And I was also doing my own cabaret. Um, this is the, also the first time I did the cabaret um, uh, by myself. Usually I was doing it with, with in festivals when other people want to do it. So I was, it was part of something different. Um, it was always like something else and my name was tagged on. But this is the first time that I did it by myself um, uh, producing it by myself. Oh, I, I, it was part of a double bill, but it was like, it was two people. So it was two people to the name, to the bill. Um, so that's, you can imagine that's very stressful. And during the weekend that it was, that I had, it was complete, complete chaos. I had to, I did that musical um, on the Wednesday. I did the tech week for the cabaret um, on, the, on the Thursday and then 
opening night was a day after that. And I was also working full-time hours. And then after that show, I had an audition for, you know, those auditions you get, which is, it's like, I'm perfect for this role. I know for a fact, I'm going to go there. I'm going to do the best. I'm going to get the role. It's going to be great. And it was also, um, you know, really lucrative as well, which I was like, okay, good. Awesome. So it hits about Wednesday and we just finished that, the musical that we just did. And I started feeling a tickle in my throat. I'm like, oh no, I'm getting a bit sick. That's not, that's not, that's not good. Uh, I had, I had work the next day as well. And it was like, I was covering somebody who was covering, who was covering somebody. So I had to go. Um, so I came in there. Then I started doing the tech for the cabaret and it was, it was fine. Like managing it very well. And so, okay, let's, I, I let, I, I let everyone know that I was like, okay, I'm a little bit sick. I'm trying my hardest to do this. Um, let's just get through it. Comes to um, opening night. Uh, and it was getting a little bit worse, but I was like, no, if I can just get through the first, the first line of the, of the, the cabaret show, I'll be, I'll be golden. And then the next show will come to that when we get there. Um, and all my friends were there. My uni teachers were there. My parents were there and my parents live um, in the country. So about two hours away. So it's a big deal for them to come through. And it was really lovely. Um, the first line of my show actually is um, it's hit to be square. So I start there, music starts playing, I come on with all my energy, start singing, and it's, it's like, it's golden. I was like, okay, good, it's here, I'm bulletproof. Let's keep on doing it. Um, and the show was about an hour. Um, finished the show, no hiccups. I felt like I was completely bulletproof. And then I got off, and uh, we had interval, obviously came up, uh, people you know, talking and congratulating me, lovely. Um, the second person came up as well, who I was doing it with. I got to sit down. And my body just kind of stopped and like caught up with me. And <laughs> I started getting like progressively sicker and sicker. So I, I, I was like, okay, I think I just need to go home, go to sleep. Like I'll be fine in the morning. Um, the next morning comes up, I wake up, I start coughing and there's just phlegm everywhere. Like a dinner plate full of phlegm. I couldn't, I can, and I, I started speaking and I couldn't speak at all. So that's really like, I was like, okay, what do I do? I talked to like the other, the other performer as well. And also my director and my producer for this too. I was like, okay, this is what's happening. Um, meanwhile, I'm freaking out being like, I don't know how I'm going to do the show. Um, and uh, there's like, okay, we'll, we'll give it like two hours and see if you're, if you're seeing, like, if you're, if you're okay. Um, two hours come, I start doing the warmups as well. I, I, I was, I'm a, I'm a high singer and like, that's where my, my voice sits. But I was bass baritone. I was like, oh, guys, how are you going? It was really, really frustrating. And then I had to make the decision to cut the show, um, which just was heartbreaking. And meanwhile, I'm f freaking out because it's not, it's not just random people from a festival. It's my friends. It's people who have supported me. It's like, um, and I, I couldn't perform that. And I felt so embarrassed because my body gave up and I was like, I'm, I'm mad at my body because it you know, gave up. I'm mad at my head because I booked myself too much. So I like, I didn't know my own limits. Um, and then I made like the, probably the worst decision that night is after uh, I knew the show was going on because my housemates at the time, I think were going to see the show or somebody that I knew I was close with saw, the, saw that show. Um, and there was also uh, another reviewer of sorts was there. And uh, they posted on the Facebook group and their comments were very scathing, I guess. And like, and maybe feel really bad at the fact that something that was, you know, 
one was somewhat in my control, but also it's sickness. What can you do? Um, yeah. And that really just completely like gave me that, that, that naughty feeling. And I'm that, I still have that still. Um, but there's also like, you know, a silver lining for this. I can see like in the, in this industry, we see like the patrons who are like, Oh, well, he's not there. I'm getting a little bit huffed. It's a minor inconvenience to them. But for the person, especially for their own show, it's like, it's their world. Um, and it's like, it's their image as well. Um, but then you also see people, performers, um, also my friends, friends I hadn't talked to found out that I wasn't, that the show got canceled for me because I was sick. Um, and then just like, they're letting me ask me like, how am I going? If they could do anything for me and people who I wouldn't even expect, which is really lovely. Um, yeah. And I also, I also had to cancel that, that really good audition cause that was the day afterwards. And it was really like, it's just really bitter. Uh, and it took me a long time to like get back onto my feet. I actually went home, I think for like a week or something, um, just to compose myself. But you know, it always, I think in the moment we're all like, okay, this is the worst thing in the world. Or like, we're so, we're so scared about what's happening. We won't look towards like the future. Um, whereas, you know, I'm still friends. Um, I did the show again, uh, which was lovely. Um, I put that, to, I, I put it to bed cause I, th I thought it was, it was done. Um, and then that audition, uh, that happened all those years ago, it happened again. So I actually was able to, um, re-audition and I got the job, which is great. So, um, I'm still currently working for them, which is really nice. Um, so yeah, that's kind of the story I wanted to tell. I, I was going to be like, okay, let's, you know, talk about something funny. I can do something goofy. It'd be great. But I want to try something different. So yeah. Good on you, Joel. Um, and if you haven't been following Queensland politics, because why would you? Um, or actually Australian politics in general. Uh, the great thing about Joel's job, I believe, and I could be wrong, so maybe he'll call and correct me, is that he was able, um, because it was a pre-existing contract, he was able to um, get some benefits from the government. Whereas I'd say about 85% of the people that work in the entertainment industry in Australia have had nothing from our government. Um, so screw you <laughs> to the federal government for not looking after freelancers and people that weren't already on a pre-existing contract. Um, but, you know, we soldier on. That's what we got to do. That's what we got to do. And speaking of soldiering on, we have our finest, final storyteller, Finey, which who is Carly Bettinson. Now, Carly and I actually don't know each other face-to-face. -face. We don't know each other virtually. Um, and she was playing Dorothy in a national tour of The Wizard of Oz here in Australia. And they got through part of the tour. But then, of course, as we know, COVID has interrupted everybody's plans. Here's Carly Bettinson. Yeah, my story is, is not to theme. You'll have to forgive me. But I do have quite a funny story. Um, like earlier on in the year, I went to Sydney to do a few auditions and I was lucky enough that I had had them like day after day, which is so good because I was, you know, maximizing my money. And I went down and I did the first audition and it was okay. And I was waiting to hear a callback. And the next audition was the day after. And between those two days, I started getting like a little bit sick. I could just feel it in here, but I was fine. Um, anyway, and so I did my next audition and I was like, well, I haven't heard back about a callback. And the callback was in a day or two. So I was like, okay. I'll just head home 
And so I booked myself a ticket and I get to the airport and by this time I'm feeling crook. And you know how it is, I've been like lugging my audition packs around Sydney, catching all the public transport and I'm just like, oh, I made it to the airport. And I am just about to board my plane, so everything's packed and I get an email and they're like, we'd love to see you in two days time for a callback. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Um, great timing. <laughs> um, no, but I was excited. So I came home and on the flight back, I could feel some pain in my ear. And I don't know if you've experienced it before, but when you're sick, flying is just awful. And I got home and I couldn't hear anything out of my left ear, like almost nothing. Um, and, I, and I had to be back in Sydney in, in two days. And so I went to the doctor and I asked, I was like, what should I do? I can't hear and I essentially need to be flying back. She was like, if you fly, you you'll might lose your hearing for about two months. And I was like, oh, <laughs> okay. Um, and so I was like, I can't do that, but I really have to take this opportunity. So I got home and I was feeling terrible as you do and I, um, I said to my mum, I was like, I need to drive to Sydney, like now. <laughs> she was like, yeah, I'll, I'll go with you. I'll go with you. And I was like, no way. Oh no, it was so sweet. And so she took off work and the two of us started trekking to Sydney. And in the meantime, the audition I had done the first time around had been in English, but my second one had to be in a foreign language. Uh, so in the meantime, I'm sitting in the car trying to learn this different language, protecting my ear, trying to like get some sound back. <laughs> and we arrived just in the nick of time and the day after. It was just so bizarre walking in, all these girls are so fresh faced and I'm just like, <sighs> this has been like a major travel. <laughs> anyway, and I did the audition with my, um, with my blocked ear and I felt so bad because they kept saying, can you do this? Can you do that? And I'd go, sorry, <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> they must've thought I was crazy. Um, yeah, and then I just jumped back in the car and drove home. <laughs> anyway, that's my story. Well, did you hear from the audition? Did you get the phone? No. <laughs> oh, but it was no. right before COVID. So it was the last thing I really did. And that brings us to the end of another episode of The Story Gender. And don't feel too bad for Carly not getting that part because the whole production was cancelled <laughs> because of COVID-19. All right. So all of you keep safe. Yeah. I mean, it's been a crazy time in the world. And um, I'm thinking of all my friends on Broadway um, and all of my friends in Melbourne and all of my friends in you know other entertainment ca capitals around the world. And my heart is with you, and I want you to keep safe, and I look forward to the time when we can all go back to live theater en masse. But until that time, thanks for listening to The Story Chunder with Matt Young. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. 
and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.